Hello and welcome to Shop Planet for November 1st, 2022. It is November 1st, October's over, and it's also the day after Halloween. Do you got these in your house? If you're on audio, what you're probably looking at are these, well, you're not looking at, I should say, are these empty candy wrappers from last night's Halloween, I don't know, hangover? I'm not saying this was my dinner last night. I'm also not saying it wasn't my dinner last night. I'm just saying that if one doesn't plan for your particular future, meaning what you're going to have for dinner, your financial future, you might make some decisions and have some regret or maybe even a sugar hangover. It wasn't my dinner, by the way. doesn't mean that it wasn't my dessert. And by the way, for those of you who saw my and Pinky's pictures on social media with, with us dressed up as Axl Rose and Slash, she was a much better Axl Rose and I was a Slash, but thank you so much for the kind comments itself. And thank you. Big hat tip to my sister, Sheetal, for the amazing hookup on the costume and getting us set up. All right, back to the planning. So if you didn't plan, this could have been your dinner. And maybe there is a little remorse, a little regret. We are all about the planning here. So if you haven't already signed up this Friday, we are going to be having a webinar and we'll drop the registration link on this too. The registration is, on, the, sorry, the seminar, the webinar, <laughs> excuse me, is on year-end tax planning. And if you don't, what is it? If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail, that sort of thing. So you need to make sure that Benjamin Franklin, thank you so much, Benny, for that quote. But year-end tax planning, what do you need to know before the year-end about tax strategies, tax planning? It's going to be chock full of information. It's going to be lunchtime on Friday. Some have asked whether it's going to be recorded. It will be recorded, but we're probably not going to put it on social media. So you'll have to let us know if you want a copy of it after it's actually recorded. Now, along those lines of planning, I want to talk to you about a couple of things today. One of the things that we're going to touch on briefly on Friday is charitable planning. And basically, when this time of year ends, after the candy hangover subsides, and uh, we decide we're going to get ready for our next feast, which is Thanksgiving, this tends to be the season where people do the most charitable giving. So what is the best way to do that charitable giving? Before I get into that, and the quick four strategies that I think you need to know about charitable planning, there's a lot more than four. Here's one thing that, from a quick market update perspective that you might not have thought about. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is a, a leading in index, is actually up almost 14%, a little more than 14% for the month of October. How many people had financial pundits or the talking heads on TV or other advisors say, yeah, it's going to be up? I didn't know it was going to be up. Nobody knew it was going to be up. But here's the thing. Remember, we talked about this when it comes to, mar to market timing. If you exited the market, now you have to figure out when is the best time to enter the market. So you got to be right not once, but you got to be right twice. That's difficult. So plans, financial plans, they don't succeed or fail. All it means is we need to modify behavior. Just be really careful. Now, also from a being careful perspective, also realize even though the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up, the NASDAQ is still not doing as well. So how are you actually invested? The Dow Jones Industrial Average is more industrial focused. The NASDAQ tends to be more tech focused. So where are you invested? Are you diversified across a group of investments? Or are you? did you have too many eggs in one basket or too many candies in one bag, as you may? So those are things to actually keep in mind. Now, over to the charitable part of it. There are probably four of the most common questions that I get when it comes to charitable planning, and which really it's how to do it. So I'm going to go through these really quickly. And if you need to dive deeper on them, if you want specific advice on them, obviously this is not tax, legal, financial, insurance, 
marital, cooking, candy advice. This is not advice. This is general information. But most often what people will do when it's time to give a charity money or they decide to give a charity money is they stroke a check. They just cut a check to the charity. Now, that's there's nothing wrong with that. And the charity, I'm sure, is very thankful for that too because obviously you're furthering a cause. The challenge sometimes when it comes to tax planning specifically is if you're cutting a check, you may or may not be itemizing your tax deductions. And if you're not itemizing your tax deductions, you may not be getting the maximum amount of benefits with respect to that charitable gift itself. Again, it may not be your primary concern, but if you are gifting and if you're doing some tax planning, you want to know, is that just cutting the check directly to the charity going to help you? Now, a second method, number two, is a donor-advised fund. And a donor-advised fund is actually one of the more straightforward, simple things to create. You can open these at Charles Schwab. You can open these at TD or at Fidelity. We do these for our clients. We actually set up donor-advised funds when appropriate. And what this allows clients to do is actually take a group, a, a chunk of money or even appreciated securities or any kind of uh, liquid investment and actually move it into an account. And therefore, it's not your money anymore. But that money hasn't gone to the charity just yet. But it is earmarked for the charity. It's not your money anymore. And you get the deduction in this year if you're itemizing deductions. Now, how much do you put in? And then over the years, you could decide how much is going to go to the charity. It's up to you. You're advising that fund how much to cut to March of Dimes or a scholarship charity. It's just got to be a 501c3 charity. And that's a good tool for people who don't necessarily want to go through a more complicated process. They want to create the account, but they also want these investments to have some market exposure so they could theoretically grow in the long term but you'll get that full deduction in this year itself. It's also a helpful tool if you're doing something else like a Roth conversion or realizing a gain where you might be able to actually leverage two strategies with one. Three and four are really the same, more technical. I shouldn't say they're the same. They're more technical. People will ask often about creating a nonprofit or a private foundation. I can't get into the scope of that because we have a short period of time this morning. We can always have a more detailed conversation about it, but no, that when you get your private foundation or a nonprofit involved, you are talking about a higher risk of scrutiny because remember, in order to get tax deductions on this, you got to get your, you got to have your hands off to a certain extent. You have to make sure that even though there might be strings attached, you've got to make sure that that there's not any sort of intrinsic reward reward that you're getting. You want to make sure you're not still benefiting from it to the point where you'll blow the tax deduction and run afoul of some tax rules itself. But they can be powerful tools when I'm talking about nonprofits and private foundations. They can be powerful tools when you want to maintain some element of control. It's almost akin to running a business, but with a lot more scrutiny because the ultimate benefactor has to be the charity. And because of some of these controls and because of some of these strings that are attached, you may not get the same level of deduction when you're moving things into one of these private entities versus a public charity. And then finally, something that we do with some increased frequency is, for again, for those of you who are on audio only, you're not going to see this, but I'm holding my mug here, my coffee mug. And imagine that you're able to take a certain amount of money, move it into a vehicle today, like a vault, lock it up, and get the deduction for what you put in there. But over the years, there's going to be an amount that goes to the charity. And this is a charitable trust. In fact, if the charity is getting it right now during your lifetime, it might be called a charitable lead trust. If the idea is I'm going to put this money in here right now, it's there for the benefit of my family or somebody else. And then when I pass away, it's going to be there for the benefit of a charity. Or after a certain period of term, it's going to be there for a charity. Then it might be what we call a charitable remainder trust. 
Now, again, it's important to know what your ultimate goal is. Do we want to give money to the charity now? Do we want to give money to the charity later? Do we want to take a tax deduction this year? Or are we looking for more ways to avoid capital gains when we buy and sell stuff? So again, I know it's a lot of information, but this is the season when people will start doing, really right after Halloween is the season where people will start doing their charitable planning, if they're planning, and hopefully not just being reactive to it. So again, the four things that I just wanted to highlight when it came to actual charitable planning. Again, join our webinar if you're not already registered. The link's going to be in here. I promise I'll recap those four in a second. But join the webinar if you want to hear more of these tax strategies coming up this Friday. But those four strategies, just cut the check to the charity directly that we talked about, setting up a donor-advised fund, private foundations or private nonprofits, and then finally, charitable trust planning, which all allows you to have a little bit of strings attached, if you will. I hope this is helpful. I hope to see many of you on Friday at the webinar itself. It's probably not going to be the last one. And I hope you all had a fantastic and safe Halloween. If you want pictures of that Axel Rose and Slash thing, go ahead and check me out on Facebook. And I'm sure you can see it in my feed there as well, too. And yeah, we've got a few weeks before Thanksgiving. So if we need to work off the effects of this, we've got a little bit of time before we do the damage again around Thanksgiving. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining Shaw Planet this morning, November 1st, 2022. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week if I don't see you on Friday 1st. All right, everybody, have a great day.